First Timothy, thank God for his strength. You're going to need strength if you're going to make it. I'm, I'm not going to say you need to be strong. Strong in the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't consider myself very strong, but in him. You know, if I, let me put it this way. If I rely on my own strength, I'll, I'll harden my heart and I'll get calloused and unfeeling. But if I can allow God to soften my heart but still have his strength, that's key. A lot of folks that kind of get a stubbornness in them and they survive, but, but you, need to, you need to let God touch you. So it's not strength, strength in ourselves. It's strength in him. First Timothy one, Father, we love you. Thank you for your presence and for all you're doing. God, thank you for these people, Lord God, that love you and want to hear from you. God, I pray you help me to be faithful and Lord, to just stay out of your way, God, and let you work in us and through us, God. Lead us, teach us and guide us through your word. We love you so much and we ask it all in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. amen. First Timothy one, three. It says, as I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables. They didn't have YouTube back then, but there were still fables going around. I know a lot of people say, oh, you know what, this, this book or this idea, this doctrine dates the whole way back to what, when they had fables? Hey, if it's not according to the word of God, let every man be a liar. Let God's word be true. Just because something went back to the first century, there were lies being told. Thou mayest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. You can either give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions. Somebody say questions. Rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now, the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned, from which some have swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to move on as quickly as I can but and get to where we're going, but the Bible is very clear. I want to read a few more scriptures and you'll find that every one that we're reading today is either to Timothy or Titus. These are called the pastoral epistles. These were epistles that were written to pastors of churches. And thank God we've got this. That's accountability. Hey, here's, here's what you need. And one of the things that Paul is telling Timothy is to not only have sound doctrine, teach sound doctrine, but also be able to tell others that are teaching, maybe those that help you in the ministry or others that are neighboring pastors, tell them that I said, stay with the sound doctrine. Don't give heed to fables, endless genealogies. I've talked to some people already that say, hey, what about this? If you trace the lineage back from the Edomites or this uh, this tribe of Israel, and, and they start coming up with these very odd ideas. I said, what about the lineage of the blood of Jesus? Right. Let's stay with that, amen? That overcomes all the things that you might have questions about, but there's so much junk out there that's trying to distract us. Amen. Keep your preaching, preacher, on sound doctrine. Not my thoughts, my opinions, or my ideas either. You're welcome. 
Amen. As much, if you want my opinion, I'll be glad to share it with you, but I'll let you know, hey, this is what the Bible says. And I want to base all my opinions on the principles of the word of God. Amen. And if I preach, I want to be able to say, hey, I stayed in the word. Amen. I, I don't know the last time I've had a lot of people already point their finger, but to say, hey, wait a minute. What about this? What you preach? Hey, there it is right in the word of God. Don't don't get into conversations that are just going to bring more questions that aren't going to edify. You know, that tongue of yours and mine, we have to choose how to use it. Did you ever get it? Did it ever just kind of get ahead of your thought process? Yes, it did. Of course it did. But what we need to do is that the Holy Ghost help us be careful that we are speaking things. The power of life and death is in that tongue. Sometimes we get frustrated or angry. Sometimes we, we, uh, you know, see people that, that, you know, they, they need Jesus. <laughs> That's the bottom line. How can I help them move in a good direction? It's not up to me to, to put them down. It's up to me to help them see that they need what I have. If we move on to chapter 6, 1 Timothy 6, verse 3. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus, stay with the word. Stay with the word. Amen. There's a lot of, I'm not saying there's not a lot of neat things that you might, wow, you know what I heard? Stay with the word. Stay with the word. Hallelujah. Even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine, which is according to godliness. That's what I ask a lot of people when they come with questions and strange doctrines that really kind of twist and get what is, how is this going to bring godliness? What's the point of this? It seems like it's just bringing contention, confusion, more questions. We're supposed to avoid that. Amen. It's easy, though. Come on now. I've, I've had to learn this the hard way like a lot of my lessons. You know, you get kind of, you know, just every, every lore that's bounced in front of your nose, you don't have to bite on. Choose your battles. Sometimes people try to pull you into something that's just contentious. It's just silly. What, how does this bring godliness? I certainly don't want to be the, the one who holds that kind of attitude, but I don't want somebody that has it pull me into it either. Right. Bible says the one that is uh, not consenting to wholesome words and doctrine that's according to God, he is proud, knowing nothing, right. but doting about questions. There it is again, questions. Yeah. Strifes with words. Wherefore cometh envy, strife, railing, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth. I've had folks where I've stood up and said, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to talk about that. All right. And, you know, they come out, oh, you're a preacher of the Bible and you won't even talk about the Bible. Oh, well. Yeah. You want to sling any more, pro- any more things at me? I can take it. All right. Because I'm not getting into that foolishness. Amen. Can't make me. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds. When you see it, back up. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, it's like kind of 
You know, this is what Jesus said. I know this may sound pretty aggressive, but Jesus could be aggressive. And he's the head of the church. He said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Amen. That's why people say, don't wrestle with a pig. You know, you'll both get muddy and he's going to enjoy it. I kind of like, I heard recently, I might have said something. Somebody said, don't play chess with a pigeon. They'll poop all over the board and strut around like they won. Yeah, same thing. Don't give your, don't put your pearls before swine. Understand that that is, there, there are some things you don't need to be pulled into. In my, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll be very, very uh, transparent. I pray God help me, help me know when to just pump my brakes. And, because I, I have a heart to, to, to not give up. I, I don't, God, God showed me so much mercy. Such a, a hopeless case. Such an incredible, I was so good at, so awesome at being a loser. And God had mercy on me. And I, I just see people and think if they had the chance that I had. But sometimes it gets you pulled into things that just wear you down. Sometimes it's just the devil. Yeah. Right. Amen. Sometimes it's just the devil. And it's so perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, that's through the truth. Supposing gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself, but godliness with contentment is what? Great, Great gain. Amen. So don't try to, don't allow yourself to get pulled up into questions that just cause strife. Second right. Timothy 2. Verse 22 says, flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. It's all so good. But foolish and unlearned questions. What? Avoid. Knowing that they do what? Gender strifes. Serving the Lord is not to strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves in if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So good. Avoid some questions that just gender strife. Titus chapter 3, verse 8. Titus 3, verse 8. This is a faithful saying. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. Good maintenance program is always important. These things are good and profitable unto men, but avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law. For they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is a heretic, someone who's holding on to false doctrine after the first and second admonition, reject Knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. So, well, I appreciate even testimony tonight that said, thank God for people that are in the word, talking about the word, digging into the word. And more than ever before, uh, and I've always loved um, just getting into the word, digging in questions that are asked and there's a day goes by that I'm not answering good questions. And 
I want to be careful how I say this because we tell people there's no wrong questions. There's no dumb questions. Just ask whatever it might be. Please don't feel insecure to ask questions. But I guess I want to say here just at the very beginning of this and um, that uh, the only bad questions I'd have to say, I'm going to title this, there are bad questions. But the only bad question is one that's like the Pharisees trying to bring confusion. Questions that don't really want answers. They're causing strife. They're causing uh, just a, a debate. Amen. And we're not looking to debate with people. There's no, there's no need for it. Amen. Uh, you know, leave that go and dig in for somebody who's hungry for, for God. Amen. Don't allow yourself to get distracted with a lot of foolishness that is going on in the world today. I want to address a few good questions. They're pretty basic, pretty simple, but yet um, some things that some of it I've, I don't know that I've ever really just, just took, taken time and dealt with. Some questions that, that have been asked me here recently even that I want to look at. And like I said, if your heart is right and you want to learn, you want to grow, there, there's, there's no dumb question. There's no bad questions. Yeah. But if you're looking for a fight, if you're looking to prove yourself, you know, those Pharisees, they didn't want to hear from Jesus. Show us a sign. Yeah. Okay, all the people that just got healed, <laughs> the multitude fed by, you know, five loaves and two fishes and the storm that was calm, the, the demons that have been cast out. Besides that, you need a sign. They, they didn't care about a sign. They didn't care. They'd ask him questions like, what's the most important thing in the law? Did you ever get a question like that? Man, I'll tell you, it's too, I spent too much time worrying about no-win situations that people will put you in. They will. They, people will get you into a place to make you feel so wrong about where you're at. And then I, I've had people say, man, how you, how you do things just terrible. It's wrong. It's, it's awful. Okay, I'm going to try to do better. See, see you, you're in, unstable. You're changing now. You what? Trying to do better? <laughs> trying to grow? Trying to, you know, people will try to get you into those situations where you feel like you can't win. You know what? With Jesus, you can. Right. Get your eyes on him. Yeah. Don't allow yourself. You know, as much as you can, there's still going to be people that kind of try to pull you in to tear you down and, and wear you down. But with God, yeah. with God, you can have victory. Amen. This world, is, it's cruel. Yeah, it is. I was praying this morning. For for you and some of you even more specifically, and I know I know you've been beat down. I know you've been in more situations like what I'm talking about than people probably know. And probably friends or family that have just just kind of given up on you, never never really gave you a chance, never really gave you the opportunity to to get things right. And sometimes that's so hard. And like we said earlier, you can get your get get yourself calloused and yeah. and, and and hard-hearted and some of you have, have have just you know, maybe even as young children, there's so many cases nowadays of uh, of all kind of awful abuse. But but sometimes there's just, you know, families that that just need God. And you grow up and a lot of things that just aren't reasonable. But God is so good. God is so reasonable. God is so loving. And so balanced. He's not going to just, you know, like a lot of people try to just just love, 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 love. And that's so good. But love will still correct. And 
love will still teach and love will still, you know, reprove, rebuke and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. God will, God will be so, so balanced and healthy for you. And I'm so thankful for that. And I'm praying for some of you even more so than maybe you realize just, just some of the things that, that you've experienced that kind of holding you back, kind of keeping you with fear and, and I'm going to just obey God. I've got some things, some of these questions, but if God doesn't let me get to them, I'm okay with that. Because I feel like there's some that really just need to realize God can, can do exactly what we're singing about, praying about break chains. God can look at the areas that you're insecure or unsure of yourself and, and put his boldness in you. Amen. He can put something in you that... That is so much bigger than, than the scars that are in your life. All right. Amen. I truly believe that uh, in my life and the lives of those that I've seen God work in, it's not that he just erases those things completely, but, but he puts something in you of value through those scars that you can say, you know what, look what the Lord has done. He didn't cause the scars, but look at the look at the peace that I have today. Look at the joy that I have. Look at the ability that I have to minister, to help, to serve, to be some to be a blessing. I never thought I could be a blessing. I was told I was a lost cause. I was made to feel like a piece of trash used and thrown out. But God found me. And God called me his beloved. God looked at me when I knew, God, I don't deserve a bit of it. Didn't we hear it tonight in the testimonies? But all the grace of God. I was talking to my friend Frank, and uh, he was talking about grace and mercy. And I said, you know, there's there's a lot in that Bible about uh, about God's justice and but without mercy. I'll tell you, we're so off. You know, we got to thank God. We don't we're not receiving what we deserve. But when we let God love us and help us and save us and fill us and change us, you're going to walk a different way. You're going to be stronger because of him. Amen. I've been asked a question about, uh, these are just a few things God put on my heart. I've, I've, I've hear a lot, uh, more, more now than ever before, you know, I've been, uh, pastoring for 25 years. That does not, you know, let me, it doesn't sound like a long time to me, but it was, it is. And, you know, living for God a long time. Don't agree so aggressively, Daphne. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but more than ever, uh, you know, questions. And it's not so much questions. I'm not, but it's, uh, it's some of the debate that comes up and people that not only say that I don't think the King James Bible is important, but that they will try to discredit it. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm not going to here try to just uh, really say a whole lot about any other versions. But I will say that a lot of things that I hear about our Bibles that we use is just really, really bad, bad research. Wow. It really is. Uh, you know, um, the idea, I will say this, the idea when I started reading the Bible, that was just kind of the, the, what everybody assumed you were reading uh, back when, when I was young and given my first Bible. Um, I had a children's Bible that ended up being what a lot of people used for their version of the Bible. I found out later years that it wasn't really a translation of the words of the Bible, but it was a, 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 a uh, it, it, they took a thought-by-thought thought approach and paraphrased the Bible. 
So it was one. I found out later this Bible that a lot of people use as their their uh, their their devotional. You know how they read their Bible. That it's it was never really intended to be a Bible to be like that. It was a, one man said, "I'm going to try to take the thoughts and get that ideas in my way, and not take it word by word because it's the living Word of God, but use it to kind of explain it to younger children." And uh, but uh, I was told that well, you know, we just I get tired of these and vows is what I was told more than ever. You know, and if you all these other versions, just take the these and the thous out and that's all. So that doesn't sound so bad. It doesn't sound like a big deal either. I mean, these and thous are pretty easy to figure out. (laughs) You know, the it's not me. It's the, (laughs) you know, I mean, but uh, but I found out later when I started getting more familiar with different versions of the Bible that I was like, wow. Everybody that ever told me about this said that they just replaced the these and the thous with you and yours. And I found out that was very incorrect. That that was not the case. That there were some things that I thought, wow, if they, that's not, they even changed, they took it out completely. And I started asking questions about that and looking into it and found out that it's not so much somebody said, let's take this and change the these and thous, but they're using a different manuscript altogether. That they're translating it from something completely different, and uh, and uh, you know, there's this idea as well of you know, well, somebody sometimes they say there's a big controversy, a big uh, conspiracy about books that should be in the Bible. We dealt with that a lot more some other time, and, and, and that's just foolishness. I mean, the the things that people are saying, oh, they want to keep this away from it. Most of those are to to spare you a lot of the details. They're just false teachings from the first century that people were saying that Jesus was a man just like everybody else, but he tapped into the divine and that you can too, if you just know the right things. So some of these books that have been taken out because they don't want you to know are really kind of a, almost like a new agey kind of thing and, and totally do not go along with any bit of, uh, of the, the, the threads of the Bible. But the thing that I want to really mention here today is a lot of people say, well, here's the thing. King James, what about him? What about it? Well, you know, he was messed up. He wasn't some righteous guy. You know, he was just trying to get away from the Catholic Church. And, and you know, he's, he's a politician. King James did not write a Bible. Right. Any more than Donald Trump made a tower. Right. He paid to get one made. Yeah. Solomon didn't build a temple. Amen. Say, I know Solomon's temple's in the Bible. He didn't build it. And King James didn't translate a Bible. King James did not know Greek or Hebrew, but he hired the best of the best in his day. It's true. And the thing that most people say that I'd like to address, kind of something I thought of here recently, that one of the main things that people say to try to debunk the King James Bible is that King James was a... A politician, and he commissioned people to write a Bible that would be kind of help him out, have a slant to help the king out. Amen? That now I've got a Bible that I can back up what I think. That's so ridiculous. And let me tell you why I believe it's ridiculous. Because King James went 
left the Catholic Church and did start the Anglican Church, the Church of England. He did that because he wanted to divorce his wife. And the Catholic Church wouldn't let him, so he said, I'm leaving. I'm going to start my own religion. I'm taking my toys and I'm leaving. (laughs) So you say, well, that sounds ridiculous. Why would we want that Bible? Listen to me now. If you think there's one line in your King James Bible that is light on divorce and remarriage, you're not reading your Bible. I'm going to tell you this is the biggest issue in King James's life was the fact that he changed everything because I'm going to divorce my wife. Went and had people translate the Bible, and there's not one line in there that justified him doing what he did. If he was going to make political changes... I'll tell you, that would have been number one. Let's go soft on remarriage, not this Bible. Amen. Let's get soft on on divorce, not that Bible. Say, let's let's do something. Let's not say God hates divorce. No, it's in there. Amen. Jesus, you can see it over and over and over again. So if King James somehow corrupted this for political gain, how ridiculous. He would have started there, but he didn't. Uh, Let's talk about another question. Praise the Lord. This is a question that I was asked here about a week and a half ago. And I've been asked it several times here just in past months. And um, I think it's a question everybody suspects they know the answer to. Um, It's a question about, you know, it's come up as well as uh, some of the some of the people that we minister to in the homes, they, uh, they're mentally challenged. To what degree, we don't know. Some of them maybe, uh, maybe more than others. Some of them, we understand, uh, have very capable minds, but their bodies have become just a prison to them. But it's, it's asked of me so often, what about, what about those that are mentally ill? What about those who are challenged? What about, what about children? What happens... If they don't know the gospel. And the strange thing maybe so much that I I, I have to tell people that is, number one, I can't just take you to one very clear verse, really, that says anything about that. But the truth is we know a lot about God's character, don't we? We know a whole lot about God's mercy and kindness and love. Amen. And how he is so reasonable. God says in Isaiah, the first chapter, come, let us reason together. He tells us, stay away from unreasonable conversation. But God is so reasonable. I, I know that because of the cross and because of the empty tomb, because of the new birth, that there is not this category in in. God's kingdom of are you good or are you bad? Or does your good outweigh your bad? But I do see that there is an understanding of being saved and being lost. And there is only salvation through the blood of Jesus. But I also see something else in the Old Testament. I see God getting very, very angry with the sacrifice and with the murder of children. And he calls them innocent. He calls them innocent. And I do believe 
from what I see in the Word of God. Though some of these scriptures maybe are more pointing to other things in context, there's this understanding that we need to believe and obey the gospel. We need to repent of sin. Amen? To be saved. We also, the Bible talks about to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. And there is this understanding in Romans 7 that Paul says, when the law comes, I realize, hey, I'm a sinner and I'm dead in sin and I need a savior. But the law can't come condemnation, conviction, accountability can't come to a soul that cannot make the moral decision of I'm a sinner. They can't reject Jesus. Because they don't understand their own morality and their own accountability to a holy God. See, to be saved, you've got to realize you're a sinner first. To be saved, you have to say, God, I, I, I see that I'm lost and, and, and I recognize that I need a Savior. A child can't do that child doesn't realize they're lost before a holy God. Someone who's mentally challenged doesn't realize that they are lost without the salvation of Jesus Christ. And though it's not a biblical term, the understanding of of an age of accountability or a time of a place where we can recognize, we we can see the laws of God that are contrary to us and understand that in a way that we can either accept or reject, obey or walk away. And without the ability to be able to say, I recognize I'm a sinner and, and, and I need a savior or rebel against that, I, I don't see anything in the Bible that would hold us accountable to something that we can't fully understand because of our lack of capacity uh, or, or, or maturity. God's so good. Amen. He said, let the children come to me. Amen. Of such is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. He uses them as an example of their humility and of their ability to, 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 to love and to, to be led. Amen. He, he shows us his, his love. Bring them to me. Bring them to me. And never, never once do you see that kind of condemnation. Praise God. I want to say one more thing and then we're going to uh, come up and pray. Romans, Romans the first chapter. These maybe aren't uh, related to one another, per se, but and we may look at some other things that people have asked or things that are common questions um, at another service. I don't know. And this kind of brings us back, though, to our original texts that we read there in First, Second Timothy and Titus. I'm asked often, just hold that verse there and we'll read it in a moment. I'm asked very often, now this is very very much something that I think is a, a quite productive question. And that is, what about my gift? What about my place in the, in, in the kingdom of God, in the church? And the church, can I remind you, it has a whole lot more to do than just what we do in this hour, two hours together. But we are the church that goes out to our homes and to our jobs and to the places of business. Amen. And I appreciate so much people, and we've spent a lot of time talking about, you know, edifying, building up, 
like I said, there's so often, there's, there's so often so many, many struggles and problems and things that we face day by day. But, oh, God, if we could pray and, and say, help me, help me to, can you imagine all the times you've been, been down, been hurting, been just needed a place to pray and say, God, I messed up this week, and that God would help each one of us. But I want to focus more on what we do when we leave this house. Say, wait a minute, what are my gifts? I, we don't have a lot of committees or a lot of programs to put you, sign you up to. But we want God to lead you. And that not only happens in church, but when you leave the house of God, God wants to work through you. I just shared this morning with one talking about the gifts of the Spirit and God's gifts to us. And, and, and I've said when I was, a, when I was young and I, I started seeing that God, I, I don't see a lot of the gifts of God working in the service. I remembered them when I was younger. And I remembered uh, one older woman who would give messages in tongues and pastor would interpret them generally or others that every now and then I've seen things happening that I wasn't seeing then. And I started getting excited. I heard stories of, of healings and miracles and deliverance. And I said, God, God, use me, use me. And I stopped very soon after that. I said, God, it's not about me, is it? It's about edifying the church. And I changed gears and I said, God, work in our services. Work in our services. Build us up. Help us. If you can use me, great. If you use somebody else, just help us be what we ought to be. I would go out to the church and often alone and just just say, God, let your spirit come down in a greater way. God, start using, restore things to us that we lost and build things up. And God, I, I wasn't causing trouble. I wasn't trying to say, hey, this is, this is change and this is wrong. I started saying, God, work. God, you can do this. You can work. And he started working. All right. And things started happening. And I'm excited about that. But I realized even more so that, God, what I am outside of this church is so important to your kingdom. I want to be a help. I want to be a blessing. I want to strengthen. And I want to build. But God, what my testimony is on my job. Those are the people that I want to. I want them to say, hey, what time is service? Those people that I'm around regularly and, and people I see at the grocery store, at the mall and, and, and stop and, and, and maybe window shop a little while. It's them that I, I want them to say, hey, hey, what, what's different about you? They've seen so many bad examples of what it, people calling themselves Christians. That sometimes... When they ask me, what do you do for a living? I say, I'm a pastor. Please don't hold it against me. Because they've been ripped off by preachers. Yeah, it's true. Because that preacher's praying, God, I want the best deal possible. God, I heard you gave something to somebody and gave it to them for free. So now they're sometimes expecting something for nothing rather than how to be a blessing. They're looking how to get blessings. Or times when, you know, it was Christians that came to the restaurant and Left a track instead of a tip. <laughs> We're rude and obnoxious. And, and then telling somebody, I'm going to pray for you. 
What I want to say here tonight is when you're thinking about you, being used of God, when you're thinking about what God might do in you, yeah. be a blessing yes. to people out there in the world. Amen. Be a friend like Jesus was yes, to those that are lost. Amen. I've had people ask me already, well, look at that. They called Jesus a drunkard, and, and, and so he must have he been a drinker. No, they lied about him. That he wasn't a drunkard. He wasn't a glutton. Right. But what they thought was a slam, what they thought was a slander, was actually one of the reasons I love him so much. They said he's a drunkard. He's a glutton. Liar, liar. He's a friend of sinners. Guilty as charged. That's Jesus. Don't get yourself in compromising situations. But love people. Don't debate with them. Don't be those ones that we talked about that... Minister questions rather than godly edify. Be the one that that shines brightly. When people come to you with questions, be patient with them. When people come to you with 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 maybe their flakiness and their error and their false doctrines, show them you've got something better. You know what God told me many, many, many years ago? He said, What is the chaff to the wheat? You know what that means to me? It's kind of the same situation as casting your pearls before swine. If people want to, people don't have anything of quality to offer, just the chaff, the, the waste, the byproduct of wheat. Don't concern yourself with that. Just keep shining your light and being wheat. Rise up above a lot of the debate. Rise up above a lot of the, the, the foolishness that gives us a bad name. And be somebody that loves and ministers and serves and meets the need. Because you know what? When that good Samaritan, and I know those words just roll off our tongue, but oh, that was hateful words to the Jews that day. Samaritan. Nothing good about a Samaritan. They're devils. Amen. That's what they thought. But when he found that person left for dead, the Levite didn't have time. The priest didn't have time. That Samaritan, when he finds that man and takes him, I want to say, say it this way. It didn't matter what he believed at that moment. That, that, that man laying on the road couldn't have cared less what he believed. He just saw somebody that loved him and cared about him. Amen? He wasn't, there wasn't this idea, well, what if somebody sees me trying to help this man? And he, I don't care how dirty it gets. I, here's somebody who's lost, somebody who's hurting somebody. That's what Jesus did. He was the good Samaritan. He calls us to be the good Samaritan. He was the one that paid the price. He's the one that found us left for dead. He's the one that found us when the, the law and the, the, the old covenant couldn't help us at all. He was the one who took us. And paid the price. And he calls us to do the same. Romans 1 verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. People don't like to think about God. Because he contradicts their will. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. To do those things which are not convenient. Listen. Here's one of those lists that we find in the Bible. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate. We'll come back to that. That's really what we're looking at. But let's finish this. Deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, 
despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Don't debate. Brag on Jesus. Don't debate. Tell people how good God's been to you. Share an answered prayer. Tell somebody how somebody got healed at your church. Tell somebody how somebody got delivered from addiction at your church. Tell somebody how the power of God is work. Can I tell you something? More than any debate, more than, hey, there's questions. Answer questions, but do it in a way that points them to the Savior. Amen? Point them in a way that you're excited about the Word. You're excited about what God is doing. Let them see what we were talking about this morning. How good God is working in you. Hold on. Those testimonies that you give, so good. Tell somebody how good God is to you. Tell somebody. Amen. Tell somebody. You say, well, I don't get an opportunity. I understand that. Pray that God gives you the opportunity. Pray for open doors. Not to be a debater, not to be a, 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 a someone who's, who's trying to win an argument, but somebody who's trying to say, I want to see you in heaven. God can do for you what he's done for me. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. A lot of good questions can be asked. A lot of the Bible is written in such a way that, well, just like Jesus, when he talked about the sower and the seed, they came to him and said, can you tell us a little bit more? We don't think we understand just everything you were saying. You're going to have questions. Don't be afraid to ask them. Don't be afraid to to say, hey, here's what I was reading today. Or even share something good. But remember, there's people out there watching your life. They're reading. They're reading the epistle that your life shows them. They're seeing you represent Jesus. And you've been called to this. God has set up appointments. He's setting up times where you could shine your light. And you're gonna, we're going to stand in front of Him. Did you tell Him what I wanted you to tell Him? Did you, did you represent me in the way that I wanted you to? Did you take the opportunities? Sometimes we're just praying like we prayed tonight for some of these Lord open doors. But oh, when God opens those doors, shine your light. Let them see the excitement in your eyes about what God is doing in your life. Oh, let's find a place to pray. Lord, work through us. Work through us. I'm praying for you. Praying that God would open those doors. I believe God's going to use you. God's got connections that He's making in your life. Around you that need to see something greater than the, the problems and the, the debates, but oh, he to see the light shining through you. Oh yeah.
we're noticing you. God's putting you into position. Lord, in the name of Jesus, give us boldness. In the name of Jesus, help us, God, to show them that you're the said they're not and not everybody's going to be excited for you like you think they should be but God's got his hand on your life hear what I'm saying to you in Jesus name God has got his hand on your life and he's going to open doors for you that no man can shut he's going to work in situations that when you're done you're going to know that was God's wisdom that was God's anointing that was God's gift that wasn't me that was God that did that that's what I'm praying, that every one of you could experience and be aware of what God is trying to do in your life. There are some moments that I believe God is preparing us for. That your testimony of how God saved you is going to be effective in somebody else's life. Pray with security that God would break those chains we were singing about because he's got a work to do in this last day there are fields that are white on the harvest even in this last day let it be each one of our prayers Lord if you can use anything use me I need you God I need you God let's all stand Father thank you Lord for the doors you have opened Lord, there's been just amazing things, Lord, greater than I've ever seen, just opportunities. But, God, I don't believe for a minute you're done. And I know that the enemy is fighting, Lord, those that you have your hand on the most. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you keep your hand upon each one in protection. And, Lord, keep our focus on your work so that we would hear well done. Lord, there's souls. Some of them are family, some of them are neighbors, some of them co-workers, God, that you're dealing with even tonight. 
Lord, some we've seen walk through that door that I never would have imagined. But, Lord, you set it up. You dealt with them. You shined a light in them. And there's others. They're fighting. They're running. But, God, you've got your hand dealing with them because of seeds that have been planted. Lord, work in us. Work in us, God. And, Lord, I pray just help us to keep us safe, Lord. Keep us from the evil one, God, I pray, from our enemy. Lord, we love you so much. Bless each one now. Lord, I pray you keep us safe. And Lord, keep us, Lord, close to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.